Hello and welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending August 26, 2022. I'm Greg Coffey and today I'm joined by Director of Investment Strategy, Shay Shatria. Hi Shay, how are you? I'm good, how are you Greg? Doing well, thank you. Well, it was a bit of an uneventful week, um, which is pretty typical for for late August. However, I think all investor attention is focused to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and the Fed Symposium and what the Fed might do next. I definitely want to get your thoughts on that. But I first I thought first we would start with um, the PMI figures that came out in the US and the UK. Um, can you maybe walk us through those figures and what it might mean for future growth? Yeah, sure. Um, so the preliminary estimates uh, for the IHS PMIs for August pretty much suggest a broad slowing in global economic conditions across both the manufacturing and the services sector, which together make up the composite index. Now, just to recall, a reading below 50 points to a contraction in economic activity, while a reading above 50 would suggest uh, an expansion. So if we start with the U.S., the composite PMI fell to 45 from 47.7. Now, it's been in contraction territory for two consecutive months, and it's that's been driven by a sharp fall in the services PMI from over 52 months ago to 44.1 as of the most uh, recent reading. Now, the services side weakness is a bit surprising uh, since consumption has held up okay and households are sitting on roughly $2 trillion in excess savings. So the and, and we also know that the U.S. economy is consumer-driven, so this is a development that we'll have to keep a close eye on. Now, if we switch quickly to the international regions, the situation wasn't uh, too much better, unfortunately. Uh, the U.K. composite PMI managed to hold above 50, but it did so just modestly at 50.9. Still, its manufacturing PMI fell to 46, suggesting contraction in the manufacturing base. And the Eurozone composite PMI actually inched lower to 49.2 from 49.9. And to kind of just round out the broader uh, global regions, both Australia and Japan, their respective uh, PMI composite PMI indices also fell below 50. Now, we keep a close eye on the PMIs due to their leading properties and what they tell us about economic conditions forthcoming. And the PMIs confirm what we've been communicating for a while now, that the slowdown is underway. Now, there is a positive here. The positive is that uh, supplier delivery times, particularly for the U.S., are declining and suggest, suggest that inflationary pressures and supply bottlenecks may be easing. However, the situation in Europe is complicated by the enormous surge in natural gas prices, and that risk is and that poses a risk to the European inflation situation and its economic prospects. Uh, obviously, a lot of information, but the key takeaway from the PMIs is that we may have shifted past peak inflation fears, particularly for the U.S. However, economic uh, momentum is slowing globally as central bank uh, are, of course, hiking interest rates and, in a sense, are achieving their intended effect of slowing uh, uh, the economy and therefore eventually inflation. Great, thanks for those insights. Shifting topics, as mentioned, you know the Fed symposium did start on Thursday. I think all investor eyes are on what Fed Chairman Powell will uh, say on Friday when he addresses the markets. Can you maybe walk us through what Fed Chairman Powell might say and what the impact might be for the markets? Sure. So we're now recording this on on Thursday evening, and it's of course before the big speech from Chairman Powell at the symposium, but the expectations are for Chair Powell to express that the Fed's committed to getting inflation back to target and the job is far from done. Uh, 
Um, his speech, in a sense, comes at a critical time. We know that the S&P 500 has rebounded roughly 15% from its June lows. And also, the 10-year Treasury yield in the U.S. is below its mid-June peak of around 3.5%. So the rally in stocks and the drop in yields seem to be at, at odds with the direction of economic conditions and the Fed's obvious intention in terms of where it's taking um, interest rates. So it may be that the markets have judged the July Fed meeting as slightly dovish and perhaps prematurely pricing in rate cuts due to rising recession risks. Now, although we believe recession risks are increasing, the equity rally and the decline in yields, in a sense, have eased financial conditions. And that would be counter to what the Fed's objective is right now in terms of tightening financial conditions to bring down inflation. Now, what's interesting is that Fed speeches from various Fed members since the July meeting have been pretty synchronized uh, with one message that the Fed's job is to bring down inflation, and that requires tighter monetary policy. The Fed's rhetoric uh, seems like it's uh, having the intended effect. After dropping to a low of around 2.6% in early August, the 10-year yield has rebounded to about 3%, and equity markets seem to have stabilized after rallying for several weeks. Though we also have to keep in mind that it is late summer, Greg, like you mentioned, and trading volumes tend to be lighter at this time of the year. Therefore, we will get a better sense of the market trend come September. But in any case, it's doubtful that Chair Powell will be explicit about the Fed's intention at its next meeting, uh, instead likely emphasizing that inflation is still public enemy number one, and that data dependency will be critical to inform their decision, therefore keeping either a 50 or a 75 basis point hike as a, policy, as a, as a possibility uh, come September. Great. Thanks for those insights. We really appreciate it, Shay. And to all of our viewers, thanks for watching and enjoy the weekend.